Hi, I'm Angie Wisdom, and welcome to my podcast, Sharing Wisdom. I'm an author and a keynote speaker and a master certified coach. And for the past 25 years, I've sat across the table from fascinating people, helping them break through their obstacles to achieve success in their life and business. The one thing I've learned and believe to this day is that you are capable capable of change, capable of greatness, capable of anything you're willing to get serious about. And I want to help you get there. That's why I'm sharing all my wisdom and interviewing some of the most successful business leaders and athletes in the world so they can share their wisdom too. So get present and ready to learn. Welcome to Sharing Wisdom. So thank you, Stephen, for being here today. I'm excited for everyone to learn a little bit more about the investor mindset. Yeah, I'm excited to be here with you too today, Angie. I have to tell you, one of the biggest requests I get from people when I work with them and they have goals or they look at their reason why everybody always wants this like amount of money or they want financial freedom or maybe they're like, I want so much passive income that I don't really have to work unless I want to. So it's kind of a common denominator for most people and seems to be what everyone is looking for. So shine a little light on that as far as your thoughts around that and the investor mindset. Yeah. You know, everybody wants to have everything and be able to kind of enjoy the life that they want. And, you know, for most of us, we kind of go down the path. We, we go down the traditional path, if you will. And, that's focused on going to school, getting a job, working for a 401k and a gold watch and hoping that someone's going to take care of us. And unfortunately, mm-hmm. you know, that isn't true anymore. It doesn't work like that. Our previous parents and grandparents generations were able to, uh, you know, create a great life with a lot less. Uh, but the current system isn't set up to take care of you the same way. And so what that ends up leading to is a lot of people are dissatisfied. They're unhappy. They feel like they're stuck in a job they don't love. They feel like they're always living paycheck to paycheck. And, you know, honestly, that's by design, because as long as you're stuck in the system, you're going to continue working for the system. And yet when you break out, when you start thinking differently, when you start thinking like an investor, when you start driving forward with the specific purpose of going to work to be able to do the thing that you do, to be able to share your gift to be able to go and make money with the purpose of investing in assets that pay you instead of buying things that make you happy for a moment, then what that does, it ends mm-hmm. up short circuiting that whole system. And it puts you in a position to start at some point. It could happen very, very quickly or it could happen over many years where you're making more money off of those investments than you are off of the money that you're earning. And at that point in time, you're free. You're free to do whatever you want. You're free to change jobs. You're free to fire clients. You're free to say no. You're free to go on vacation. You're free to choose where you're going to spend your time. And what I found is many people, you know, that they think that freedom is going to end up being kind of hanging out on a beach, drinking a pina colada. And that's amazing. You know, if that's what you want to do, that's phenomenal. But what I found is that most people, once they get free of having to do something, they end up figuring out that they're actually driven to do something for other people. They start finding Mm -hmm. that path towards impact. And that's why it's so important to start thinking differently. And that's what the investor mindset's all about. I love it. Uh, You said so many things in there. I kind of want to jump on one, this, this space of giving 
kind of letting go of the need of the money opens you up to actually do something that maybe you're passionate about where you can use your gifts to create impact on other people. I love that. And I think that often gets blocked when people are like, well, I have to make this much money to pay the bills. And that brings me to something else you said earlier in the beginning when you said make money to start investing it versus I think the mentality for a lot of people is like you need to make this much money to pay this amount of bills and survive. It's a big shift. It's a big shift because we've been trained our whole life. You know, all of our beliefs are either based on our past experience or what somebody else handed down to us along the way. And we're continuously indoctrinated over and over and over again from media, from our family, from our friends, and all many of it with good intention, some of it without, of course. Mm -hmm. But many mm -hmm. people are learning from other people around them, and they end up coming to this place where, you know, hey, you're making a little bit more money in your job. Hey, you should reward yourself. You should celebrate. You should spend that money on the trip. You should buy the watch. You should buy the car. And believe me, I'm all about enjoying all the good things in life. So don't take anything I'm saying to say, you know, you shouldn't enjoy the path towards uh, getting to that point where you're truly free. But because of that, because we're constantly being bombarded with this idea that we need something external in order to be fulfilled internally, we're always mm -hmm. looking to fill the hole. And but what sure. most people have found is that the more stuff you get doesn't necessarily mean you're that much more happy. But when you do break 100%. free and you circumvent the circle that you were trained to be in and you start jumping out and you start buying things that start paying you instead of things that you pay for, it puts you in a position to take back financial control. But why don't people do it? They don't yeah, do it because it's scary, right? They don't do mm -hmm. it because they don't know about it, because it's new, mm -hmm. because it's different. They don't do it because they, they tried something without having the knowledge, skills, or expertise in the past, and they lost. And they think every, mm -hmm. every single thing is going to be exactly like that one experience, but it's like anything. If you're doing something the wrong way, if you want to go and try to play golf and pick up a club and go on, you know, to go out on the course and you've never got any coaching and you've never practiced before, you're going to suck at it and you're going to think it's sure. a terrible game. But then you spend, <laughs> you know, 10 hours in a month, you go practice a bunch, you spend some time with a coach, you learn how to swing correctly and you're going to go out and you're going to be just okay. But after mm -hmm. you do it a few times, you're going to be more comfortable. And eventually it's something that you love. It's something that you really enjoy. And that's exactly okay. what it is when it comes to investing. It's you've got to break out of that, that fear that's connected to doing something that's in the unknown. And you got to stay in that space long enough to feel comfortable to start understanding what it is that you're actually doing. And the great thing, it's simpler than you think, but it's harder mm -hmm. to do it right if you don't know the right things if you don't have the right skills and expertise and you don't have the right people around you sure. and that's one of the biggest things that i advocate for is not just jumping into investing it's really about first starting out you know from the place of naming your number and creating that vision for what your life looks like and then you start building the plan from there very very true yes so going back to let's talk about the mindset from from the beginning because as i said a lot of people want this and and you probably hear this too like passive income gets thrown around all the time now it's almost like you know i don't know kind of the the latest and greatest i mean people will mention it and they don't even necessarily know how to get it but they know that they want passive income that equals the amount of their living you know requirements 
And when you think about it, like everyone says, says they maybe want this and they want the financial freedom, but what prevents them from actually making the shift into that investor mindset and getting out of the routine of, I have to make this much to pay this much. And you just keep running on the hamster wheel. Well, there's really two things. One of them is they, it's something new. So mm -hmm. they fear the new, they, they like the idea of it, right? You go into this place where you like the idea of passive income. It sounds mm -hmm. really good. Who doesn't want to get paid for not doing anything? I mean, it's a beautiful, beautiful vision sure. for life. Right. But then actually going out and learning the skills and the strategies and, you know, taking the, the, the falls and getting the bruises along the way to eventually get to the point where you're good and where you start feeling comfortable. A lot of people give up before they even start. They never take that first step because they don't know what's in between the idea of wanting to be an investor, wanting to have passive income, wanting to be free and to choose what you want to do, and then how to actually get to that outcome. So they hear a lot of really great things. They hear people talk about it. And then they also hear other people who kind of poo-poo it. They hear the people mm -hmm, with the beliefs mm -hmm. who say that's not possible. That person selling mm -hmm. you something, you're not the kind of person for that. Um, you know, people like us, we don't get to be in those kind of situations. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and you hear all these limiting beliefs that come up and it, you know, it's great to know that those are where we start. We start from a place where we're uncomfortable, but if you think about it from an analogy, it's kind of like we're, we're all living within this cave. We're comfortable in the cave. We don't really know what's outside, but we know that there is something. There's a better way to live. There's a way to go get out in the sun, to enjoy the joy, to be go, go be surrounded by some other tribes. But we're afraid of what might happen when we leave the cave. But usually what it takes is, well, we got to take that first step outside. So we step outside of the cave and we look around and we can see, you know, 10, 20, 50, 100 feet in front of us. And so we start taking those first couple steps. But it's scary when you don't know what direction you should be going to get where you want to go. But it's even scarier when you're not clear on why you're actually leaving the cave in the first place, mm -hmm. why you're actually mm -hmm. going after this new life. And what are those motivational factors? Because if you actually take those same things, those fears that you have, but you reverse them, you think about them differently. You start understanding mm -hmm. that you're capable of all these things and what you're going to lose out by not going out and getting them. And then when you have a guide, when you have somebody else who's already been down that path and they can just show you the way, it's a lot less scary. And so the problem is most people have been trained their whole life not to talk about money because poor and broke people and middle class people, the kind of person that I was when I was growing up, we were told, don't ask people what they make. Don't ask mm -hmm. how much that cost. But when you sit around the table with very wealthy and very rich families, when they're talking to their kids, they're talking about the deal that they just closed. They're talking about mm -hmm. how much money the company made. They're talking about all of these different skills and strategies. And so that's the first thing we have to change is we have to start being comfortable talking about money. We have to be comfortable going out to hear what are the lessons that we're seeing from those around us. And then we have to start listening to the right people because, mm -hmm. you know, if you're in a family and your father, or your mother is very successful in business or your grandfather, or your uncle, and you're hearing these conversations, they're a trusted advisor. They're somebody that you can believe in. And so back to the cage, the, the cave analogy, it's like once we step out of the cave and we see that we can go 100 feet out and we can return 
and we can go another 200 feet and we can return. We know that it's always possible for us to come back to that place that we were at, but we start going out further and further and we get more comfortable until all of a sudden we realize that we could set up camp over here Mm -hmm. and it's a much better life. And then we look back and we think, well, why did I not do this sooner? But it's only until you've had that experience of going out and doing that, that you're going to believe inside fully with a full knowing that it's possible, but you have to also have the dream to want to leave the safety and security of where you're at. So put this in like real life examples for me, because I mean, you've got a tremendous track record in investing and helping people invest. So what does that look like? I mean, if you were going to talk to somebody and take somebody through this process of creating this investor mindset and changing the way they think about things, what does it look like? Yeah. Obviously, well, so I'll just tell you about it. Right? I'll, I'll tell you a very brief example. So I yeah. grew up, I was the oldest of four kids of a single mom, two great parents who loved me, but two great parents who worked super hard, very blue collar. Mm-hmm. Mom was a server, bartender, eventually owned a bar, but not when I was young. And my father worked in blue collar sales his whole life. And so from both of these perspectives, money was always this scary thing. There was never enough of it. And I thought all of our problems were because we didn't have any of it. I thought, mm-hmm. oh, they, they don't like each other because we don't have any of it. There's problems because we don't have any of it. I later realized that the problems were there irregardless of the money. But for mm-hmm. me, that was a painful enough experience. Painful enough experience for me to say, I've got to go figure out a different way to live. Right. So I went to school. I went the traditional route. I got a job and I got surrounded by people who were making more money than my parents ever made. And I was making more money directly out of college than they had made. But then I looked at their life and I said, this isn't the life I want. And so I was fortunate that I was still in that state of change to be able to jump out and just try to go find something different. And I went on this Mm -hmm. journey and I had never done anything in entrepreneurship other than, you know, hustling and you know, doing these little things, I never run a real business. And so I started getting around other people who are successful, many iterations and failures and lessons learned later, I found real estate, and I had never bought a deal. And that first year, I found a mentor, I traded my skills and time to be able to learn from them, I brought them value, because I didn't have money to pay for coaching. And I didn't have a belief in myself, that it was a good thing to do. And then Mm -hmm. within a year of doing that, I had done what most people will never do. And I had bought 75 houses in a year in two different cities without using any of my own money and going into massive amounts of debt to do it. But I built a business Mm -hmm. and we had, Mm. you know, had a team and had a lot of success and things kept growing from there. But the reason I share the example is to say that I started from a place of not knowing anything, not having Mm -hmm. a rich family, not having these these built in family relationship connector mentors in my life. But I went out of the cave and I went and found really great people. I went through YouTube University and listened to every podcast I could possibly listen to. I went to the library and downloaded every audiobook, And I just started consuming. Every day I had an earbud in my ear and I was constantly listening to new stuff. So eventually I indoctrinated myself into believing that it was possible. And then I left the cave long enough to see a result happen to start believing that I wasn't just tricking myself, that it was real. So fast forward 10 years later, you know, I've bought something like 1500 units, $180 million of real estate, and I've raised a lot of money. I've worked with a lot of people who invest passively and are able to get off, off that train. 
But the reason I share that is just as an example that you don't have to know all the steps in order to take that first step. The key is to listen to shows like this, to listen to the investor mindset, my show, to be able to dive into all the lessons that are out there and then find people that you resonate with and find a way to get around them. Free trainings, books, uh, paid courses, paid mentorship, paid coaching, all of those things in that order will allow you to move faster. But you have to make that decision to say, oh, well, this is worth it for me to prioritize mm -hmm. this over whatever the new latest show is on Netflix. And believe me, I right. watch a lot of them, <laughs> but it's that choosing the time when you're going to be in a phase where you're going to go do something different than kind of stay in your normal habit. Yeah. So, and again, like I said, your track record's impressive. I mean, it, insane what you did in your first year, but for the people who don't want to dive in like that, that don't want to have it their have it be their all, right? Maybe they still like to do what they do, but they want to start investing and having this investor mindset. What does that look like for somebody? So let me tell you, let me tell you a couple points on what the investor mindset is. And then let me tell you about how you can go down the path towards partnering with other people so you can get okay. all the results without doing all the work. Um, so first, the five key points of living with the investor mindset is first, you need to invest in assets, assets mm -hmm. that pay you and they grow in value instead of investing in liabilities, things you pay for. The mm -hmm. second is you need to go to work, go to earn money with the purpose of investing. Those two pieces, they play hand in hand. You're okay. buying things that grow in value, they pay you. And the whole purpose of why you go to work, why you go and build your business is so you can take money away from that and park it into things that grow in value. And then okay. the third is you're drawing that line in the sand and you're naming your number. And naming your number is so much more than just setting a target. Naming your number is setting a target for how much money you need to earn every single month to live the life you want to live. And so okay. the first step is matching what you already, what it already costs you to live today. That's your first number. And your second is kind of that dream life vision. And then Got in it. this okay. process, when you name your number, you want to fourth actually get clear on that dream life vision, get clear on the things that you want how your family's gonna feel, what you're going to do, how you're gonna spend mm -hmm. your time, what kind of impact you're gonna make in the world. And you wrap all of that up into an emotional purpose. And that emotional purpose has to be real. It can't be what I'm telling you it to be. It can't be what your mom's telling you it to be or your brother-in-law or anybody else. It has to be coming from the heart. It has to come from that place that you reach down inside and you ask, well, what is the purpose of me being here? How do I want my kids to grow up? What example do I want to set? And when you get emotionally connected to that, and then you look at what the opposite of that is. So the opposite of living a great life where your kids are educated well, and they're in a good community and you have great peers and mentors around you. The opposite of that is growing up in the hood. It's growing mm -hmm. up where you're not sure where that money is going to be, where there's violence and hard things are happening and your kids are learning the wrong things. And the point of going down that path is to do two things. It's to give you that emotional, yes, I want that. And the, and the opposite, that fear, that pain, that hurt. So whichever one drives you, most people are driven more mm -hmm. by pain than pleasure. Mm -hmm. It's better to be driven by pleasure because it'll draw you forward. But you have to use whichever one's going to drive you to get out of the cave to do the thing. 
And then once you have that, you want to set a plan. And there's a lot of things you can do to the plan. We'll talk about that in just a second. But you want a plan of how you're going to go about making the money. If you're a CPA and you make $200,000 a year and it costs you $100,000 to live after you pay taxes, you're going to have hundred grand that you're going to be able to invest each year. Now, mm-hmm. maybe that's not you. Maybe that is. Whatever your situation is, is going to be custom to you. But then you take that plan and you figure out which investments will work for you. And the fifth and most important piece to wrap it all together is that you surround yourself with expert advisors. You hire them, you partner with them, and they help you down that path of knowing what should go into your plan, what are the right investments. They challenge you on what that vision is. They help you get really comfortable to be living in the investor mindset so that you know why you're going to work. Because all of a sudden, even if you hate your job, if you're making money doing it and it's going to get you closer to that point, that 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 dream life vision that you have, it changes the way that you feel about it. So everything really wraps around this. And um, I'm happy to pause there so we can uh, expand on it as you as you see fit. Yeah, I mean, it, all of those are, are fantastic and really kind of wrapping your mind. I love kind of pulling in the motivation right? And opening up the vision so that what I'm hearing from you is so that your actions start to align with the life that you want and hopefully kind of steering you away from that negative vision, you know, or that, that other side of the vision that you really don't want, because it's often, like you said earlier, it's about choices. So if you have the idea of, well, here's what I want and here's what I don't want, is this choice going to take me here or there? it becomes a lot more clear, you know, your path there. So all that makes sense to me. And I think most people can understand that and really getting the motivation, the number piece I love, um, and the surround yourself by experts is huge because I think that's where people get hung up is that, like you said, I don't know anything about this. I came from the financial industry, so it's like second nature to me, but most people don't know anything about investing. Like you said, they they don't have that knowledge. So it is really, really scary to not have the expertise and start making decisions with something that is so valuable and you're afraid to lose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's from that place that when you have people who are great around you mm-hmm. and you've gained enough of the skills and knowledge to be able to find the right people, to ask the right questions, and to have those key advisors and they're experts in what their thing is. A key advisor Mm -hmm. could be a great attorney, could be a great lawyer, Mm. could be a traditional financial advisor, could be a private equity financial advisor, could be a tax specialist, could be a bunch of different types of things, coaches, Mm -hmm. mentors, et cetera. But when you have these people around you, they start pulling out the best in you. They start bringing their knowledge to you and they start transferring it to you and you start making decisions from a much better place. And that's what the successful people do. That's what the rich people do. The rich people have what's called a family office where they essentially Mm -hmm. have all these people full time on staff working exclusively for them and they choose all their investments. And Mm -hmm. so there's a way to do that without having five to ten million dollars of net worth or or assets to invest but you have to do it while also being your own quarterback. And so what that means is you've got to gain the skills. You've got to start understanding private equity. You got to start understanding real estate. You got to start understanding business. 
doesn't mean you have to go and run and do all these things to be an expert, but you have to have a good enough understanding of what's typical and what's not, and then have the right people that can refer you to those right partners that are going to be a great fit. And what I'll tell you is that I don't love numbers. I don't sit all day wishing that I could perfect my budget. And, you know, I don't love diving into investment models and all these things. I love the idea of creating that vision. But then what I've done is I've built an incredible team around me that has allowed me to go out and do the things that I've been able to do in business and find that success. And you can do exactly the same. Like I'm not special. I just happen to have had a very traumatic childhood and had a very driving reason to go after this stuff. And I want you guys to find that piece in you. That's going to make you move from where you're comfortable to where your life's really going to, you know, thrive on a whole nother level. Okay. So you just helped us create this investor mindset. And you mentioned before, like for the people who don't want to do the work, you said, I'll show you, you know, how you can use your investments to let other people do that work. So what does that look like? Is that part of the plan you're referring to? Yeah. And so it's definitely part of the plan, but I'll give you kind of like a high level overview of what that looks like. So what it is, is you can either go be a business owner and you can go learn how to buy real estate and learn how to underwrite deals and manage people. You can go do that in any industry that you're investing in. You can be the operator, as we call Mm -hmm. it. You can be the person who's going to be responsible for doing all the work. Or you can be the investor. The investor has the money and the investor typically in these partnerships gets majority of the profit. So Mm -hmm. it's a really symbiotic relationship. And this way of doing business and doing investing has been around for hundreds and thousands of years. So it's not something that's necessarily new, right? Those Mm -hmm. with the capital have the power and control. The difference is that up until recently, only extremely wealthy people were able to do this kind of investing because everything happened only person to person, relationship to relationship. And that's where the old backroom country club, you know, Mm -hmm. you're part of that community. Uh, would allow you to see these kind of things. Well, now with the internet and some of the changes in the laws, you're hearing about this stuff all over. So what I'm talking about is called funds and syndications. And so Mm -hmm. in this world, essentially the way that it works is there's an operator who's going to go find the deal, manage the deal, and do all of the work day to day. And then there's the investor. And those two partner up And the operator gets paid based on success. They get paid based on the project making a profit for the investor. And the investor simply puts up their money and they're in a a passive position. So it's truly a way that you can earn passive income to be able to truly sit back, make the investment and let somebody else do the work. The key to success in doing that is finding the right partners. Because once your money's invested, it's invested. Mm -hmm. Once you buy the 200 unit uh, multifamily building, or you go and buy the oil and gas well, that money doesn't just come back out. You can't go to the bank and pull it out like the stock market. And mm-hmm. so the key is you want to learn enough about the space so that you can start connecting with the right people, the right operators who are going to go make those decisions. Because essentially, once you make the investment, they're the ones who are going to make all the decisions. They're the ones who are going to hire the contractors and manage the project schedule and do all the things day to day. And so there's the biggest risk in the whole equation. It's just like picking a stock. 
The only difference is the stock market is full of all these names that you've heard of and all these stock mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, advisors and financial advisors that get paid a ton of money to promote specific things that they sure. get brokerage fees on. In the private equity space, it's exactly the same as investing in a stock, except it's not publicly traded. There's not as much public information and there's not as much liquidity. So what you're doing when you invest in private equity is you're making a decision, hey, this is a five-year deal. I'm going to have the money invested for five years. I can't just sell it at any point that I want. But in exchange for that, typically the returns are two to three times as high. Mm-hmm. And a great example of that is when you invest in, say, a, a real estate fund. A fund is a big pool of a bunch of different assets or a bunch of different properties. So let's say you invest in a fund and you invest your 100,000 and 1,000 other people invest their 100,000 and you've got a pretty sizable fund. And then that money goes out and they buy 10 properties. Well, now you're invested in a private equity deal. And then mm-hmm. let's say the, the size of that fund grew big enough and they magically were going to turn it into a publicly traded REIT. The returns that you would get by going public would essentially double or sometimes even triple because mm-hmm. the public market is willing to take a much lower return than the private market. So the same exact piece of real estate is worth more as soon as it's traded on mm. the stock market and being worth more means you're going to get a lower return. The, gotcha. the stock market advisor, the, the individual buyer is willing to take a lower return. And why are they willing to do that? Because they have liquidity. They have the ability to buy and sell right. anytime. And that's both a good thing and a bad thing. It's a good thing because if you need to make a change, the market changes daily, you can just sell and you're out. The bad thing Mm -hmm. is most people make emotional decisions that are stupid and it ruins them. And the other big reason I like private equity is because insider trading is not only allowed, it's expected. Mm. Like when you're buying stocks on the stock market, if you have insider knowledge and you trade, you're going to go to jail. Ask Martha Mm -hmm. Stewart. Right. But when you're buying a a private equity, when you're buying a business, if you know that that business or let's talk real estate, just as an easier example, let's say, you know, that they're going to build a Costco across the street, but not everybody Mm -hmm. knows that. Maybe, you know, they're going to invest a bunch of money building an IBM plant. And it's before all that information is really public. That's insider knowledge. And by knowing that information, you're going to be able to get a better deal. You're going to be able to get better returns. It's going to have a lower risk profile. All these pieces mm. come together with it. That is a big benefit. And so that's the world of being able to invest for passive income. And that's the world of private equity. And that's the reason why it's really beneficial. It's just a hard thing to get into until you get in the right communities and you start meeting the right people that can be those trusted advisors. Yeah. I mean, even just speaking about it, like I said, I I come from that background, so I'm understanding all of it, but I know that people who are listening are like, oh my gosh, where do I even go from here? Like I I hear what you're saying, but what's actionable. And, and I want to take you back to something you said in your investor mindset about kind of your number. I think traditionally people have always been taught like, oh, you know, pay yourself first. You take that 5% out of your income and you put it away, like this small little amount that goes into your 401k or your IRA. But I hear you saying, no, we're not taking this certain amount. We're looking at what you need to live and then we're taking the excess. So maybe that's 5%, maybe it's 50%. 
or 70%. Is that right? Well, yeah. What I'm saying is that you're looking at, well, what does it cost you to live? Mm-hmm. And then you're going to look at, well, what is it going to take for me to be able to cover all of that with passive income? Right. So a perfect example is if you need $10,000 a month of income, you need mm-hmm. $1.6 million invested at 8% that pays you uh, an annual or a monthly payment, right? Mm-hmm. So 1.6 million at 8%, that's 10K a month. So the question is, okay. well, how do you get there? Maybe you right. already have 1.6 million. You've got equity in your home. You've mm-hmm. got money in a 401k. You've got cash in the bank. You've got equity in a business. Whatever it is, you could take that money. You could immediately roll it into a fixed income product that pays 8%. Mm-hmm. That is probably got a very moderate to low risk profile. Because once mm-hmm. you start get con- getting connected with the right people, you start finding out that returns can actually be a lot higher than you see in the public market. Mm-hmm. And you're making 8% and you make that forever. $10,000 a month forever, as long as you can get that 8%, you're good. So then the question is, well, backing into it, well, how do you get there? Right. Well, you get there by making investments that are focused on growth. So if you've got the money, you can flip right into income. But if you don't have a lot of money, then you got to be focused on, well, how do I compound what I have as quickly as I can? So Mm -hmm. a great example of that is if you have $200,000, you pool it from wherever you've got it and you make one investment. You don't even keep investing, but you make one $200,000 investment in a private equity deal that doubles your money every five years. There's Mm -hmm. a lot of different great examples out there of projects that do that. And there's ones that do it with low to moderate risk. And there's ones that Mm -hmm. do with a lot of risk. And so you got to know the difference, but you're doing a deal. You invest 200,000. It doubles in five years. Now you have 400,000. Five years from then you leave the money invested into a new project. Now that 400 is eight and you double it again. And that 800 is 1.6 million. So, in 15 years with one single investment directed into the right type of investment that matches where you wanted to go in 15 years, you're making $10,000 a month. You flip it out of growth and you put it into something that pays you. Do you want to get there faster? Great. Well, you have to invest more upfront or you have to invest more each year and let that Mm -hmm. compounding effect continue to happen in each of those investments. Love it. Love the way you kind of laid out the numbers for people to work backwards there. So tell me for the person who doesn't have this lump sum and believe it or not, and maybe you know this, but a lot of people, especially are business owners who have kind of taken what they've made and put it back in the business continually don't have that. And their company is kind of what they perceive to be as their investment. So to start to course correct there and go, I should be putting something away. Where does that start? Yeah. And so look, when you're running a business, oftentimes the best return you're going to get is going to be from your business. And if it's not, then you need to be running a different business. Mm -hmm. But there's a certain point where it makes sense to diversify out of the business so that you have not all of your eggs in one basket, so that you've got different options. So let's say you keep pouring all your money into your business. Look, that's what I do too. I've done it for a decade. I went from having nothing. Now I have quite a bit. And at some point, 
you got to make the decision to start taking chips off the table. You mm-hmm. start putting those chips into different types of strategies. And so part of that plan is how much of this needs to be in safety? How much of this needs to be in super low volatility? Mm-hmm. You know, ain't going to go anywhere type of investments. How much of it's going to be in growth and how much it's going to be in income? And your specific plan is going to come down to your situation. But what you do is you start looking at that business and you say, hey, if I keep investing all this money into my business and I and it works out, I'm going to be in a really great spot. Maybe Mm -hmm. that one dollar is going to turn into 10 and you're not going to be able to find a one to 10 type of return very many places. But if you're Mm -hmm. getting to a point where you're looking to you're either going to sell the business and you're going to have a big exit and then it's going to be time to start making these decisions or you're going to need to start diversifying, funneling some of that money into these types of strategies so that you have more than one source of income. Mm-hmm. Because one source yeah. is, you know, it's the riskiest place to be because if Absolutely. something happens in the business, ugh, you're going to be in a bad spot. Yeah. No, I totally get that. Um, and it's going back to like what you're comfortable with, right? People are comfortable with their businesses, what they know. That's why a lot of people in the real estate industry invest in real estate and not in the stock market. It's why a lot of financial advisors invest in the stock market, but not in real estate. So you do kind of get stuck in that, what you know and what you're comfortable with, but diversification is key. Yeah, You've given us a, a ton of information, a ton of wisdom, and, and I greatly appreciate it. And I know that you've got people kind of thinking and trying to lean into that investor mindset. And one of the most important things I believe you said was surrounding yourself with experts and quality people and advisors, and you are one of those people. So when it comes to people wanting to learn more, lean in, kind of expand their knowledge, how can they do that through you? Yeah. So there's two things. Uh, one thing I want to give you and then one thing I want to recommend. So yeah. one thing I want to give you is everything we talked about with naming your number. You can get started doing that on your own. You can mm-hmm. sit down and you can get clear on how much you make, how much you spend, what that number needs to be. And you can start building that. And I've got a great tool called the vision planner name your number Mm -hmm. vision planner that kind of walks you through step by step. It's part of a course that we have, but I'm giving away this whole part because what it does is it allows you no matter where you're at, no matter you want to join a course or join a community of other people who are doing it, you can do it on your own. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's detailed. There's a lot to it, but you can literally just go through this and answer some of the questions that resonate with you and start using it as a tool to discover. And so you can mm-hmm. grab that tool at investormindset.com slash planner, investormindset.com slash planner. And in, it, it's, it's fun. I've gone through it myself. That's how we created it because I asked all the questions that I asked to all the coaching clients who pay a ton of money mm-hmm. to work with me one-on-one. Um, but it's something that I know that you guys can run with. The second way is I just, I recommend you check out the Investor Mindset show. You know, we talk a lot about this, We talk a lot about how do you think like this? And it's a good Mm -hmm. place to start getting those ideas kind of into your head and start getting comfortable. And then the final thing I'd say is if you're in a position where you have $100,000, a million dollars, and you want to start making investments, um, you can go to vonfinch.com and you can schedule a call with one of our advisors and they can start walking you through some of these same steps. Because no matter if you're in a place where you got the money to start making these decisions now, 
you can get started. Or if you want to actually, you know, partner with me and partner with the great team that I've built, you know, there's a couple different ways that you can, you know, we can work together. There you have it. So many different ways to get started. And I love the vision planner idea. I'm a big fan of worksheets and planners and always advocating for my clients to do those. It creates so much clarity and awareness and you have to have that in order to make any change at all. And I constantly get clients asking me from a financial perspective because that's my background and like, can you help me? Can you create this budget or where should I be investing and what accounts should I be you know, using and how to get that passive income amount? So it sounds like you've created a great planner there for people to use. So you all go to the investor mindset slash planner and download that and use it and um, then follow Stephen and listen to all the great advice he has to give. Surely his track record speaks for itself and uh, he is definitely one of the experts you should follow. Stephen, before we let you go, I always like to ask my guests what piece of wisdom they've been given in their life that you really lean into and that you remember. I think one of the biggest pieces of advice that I ever got or the pieces of wisdom that I reflect on regularly is that everything happens when it's supposed to happen. Mm -hmm. You know, well, I can be a person who's impatient. I want it all to happen immediately. But if we come to it from that perspective, we can know that, you know, it just takes one step at a time, that things are going to mm -hmm. come into alignment when you're ready. And maybe, maybe now is the time for you to step into being an investor and learning these things and committing yourself to it. Um, Cause you've probably heard this a million times before, but maybe something from today's conversation resonated with you and, and, um, you know, I'm reminding myself that daily and I, I hope that's helpful for somebody. I love that. And, and it's super relevant, I think, to the investment world as well, because it can be a long process. It is not an overnight, you know, change to be at that magic number that you want. So patience is everything. Awesome, Stephen. Thank you so much again for sharing your wisdom, for giving our listeners so much insight on how to get that investor mindset and start earning money to invest it instead of pay for your liabilities. Thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks for tuning in today. I hope you found your dose of wisdom for the day. And remember, just don't take it in live the wisdom and share the wisdom. If you like this episode, give us a like below and comment. Let me know what you think. If you want to be sure to catch all the episodes of Sharing Wisdom, hit that follow button. If you want more of Angie Wisdom, you can go to angiewisdom.com and sign up for Words of Wisdom or follow me over on YouTube and Instagram at Angie Wisdom Life Coach.